It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life and Hammers to connect here on Rise FM. I'm We're going to hammer it home today. <laughs> That's right. We're going to hammer it home. Uh, you are liable to hear some sounds of banging because there is construction going on all around and underneath us. And uh, some of that, I, you know, I'm good at editing, but that's one thing in all likelihood I can't edit out. So kind of be prepared for that today. I don't think it'll be a major issue, but I just wanted you to be aware of it. So I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, too. And uh, so our, our shopping is uh, doing well, is it? Oh, it, it is, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today yeah. we're going to talk about something uh, I think Tom and I have both come up with subtitles for at different times. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about five biblical tools to help deal with anger during the holidays. Right. I subtitled this, How to Turn Die Hard into It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, yeah. And you subtitled it? Into No Throwing the Eggnog During the Holidays. <laughs> So, yeah, we're we're going to get through this together. We do not have a passage of the day because, well, we're talking about five biblical tools, so we're going to be throwing Scripture in throughout our time together today. So we didn't, uh, we just figured we would dive right in and, and use our verses as we went through. That's right. So our first one as we jump in here, Tom, five biblical tools to help with anger during the holidays. First one, control your tongue when angry. Yeah, what a great idea. That'll save Is that some... where you just take a little string and put it on the end of the thing, kind of pull? <laughs> or, or, or you tape your lips shut, one. Oh, like... now that would work. Yeah. But what we're talking Come about here. Come to think of it, my second grade teacher did that to me once. Tape your lips shut? She taped my lips shut. How do you feel? How do you feel about that now? Uh, <laughs> let's just say duct tape should never be on the mouth of a second grade. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, hum, one of the most humiliating experiences of my elementary school years. I, I would think so. Because I had to walk through the school that way. I had to give it, leave it on all morning. Oh, my goodness. I got to take it off for lunch. How cruel. Yeah. Look at me. I'm warped forever for it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, controlling your tongue when angry. I'm sorry. That's, that, that's great. Well, And we could talk more about that. Afterwards, Scott, I I think that might be important. Anger, well, we do have a couch in here for a reason. That's, that's Just right. Just to make the process easier for you and I. That's right. <laughs> it will. Anger isn't wrong. It's just the management of it that is important. And I'm pretty sure I'm okay saying that if it hadn't been for the fall in the garden, we wouldn't have anger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you think about the first murder, that was all about anger. Yeah. You know, oh. Cain and Abel. I mean, that, jealousy and anger, and next thing you know, somebody gets clunked over the head. So let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James wrote uh, that. And I think if people followed that, we'd have very little reason for our counseling ministry. 
So what, so what I'm hearing you say is that your job is to put you out of business. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And what a great manual or game plan to follow right there. In relationships, period, particularly in the holidays when there's so much uh, tradition and, and, and there's so much emphasis on family and getting together, if you're quick to hear, well, right away, you're going to end up bringing that relationship closer. I believe it was Norman Vincent Peale years ago was named the most communicative person, the best communicator there was. And when he was asked, he said, because I was a good listener and slow to speak. Oftentimes, if your mouth is ahead of your brain, you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this makes me think of, you know, God gave us two ears so that we'd use them more. There. And only one tongue, so we'd use it less. There we go. Yeah. Gene, if we followed that principle, life would be better. A whole lot better. And so then slow to anger, because if if we get the speaking before the brain kicks into gear, the likelihood it's going to end up in anger is very good. Or at least by inserting your foot (laughs) into your mouth. Right. Before your brain gets in gear. All right. Number two of our five biblical tools to help with anger during the holidays and we've talked about this before. Don't sin in your anger. Yeah, and it's really important. Paul told the Ephesians about the same thing. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't sin in your anger. On a practical level, how does that work? I mean, it's really nice that he wrote that, but what does that mean? Yeah, I think it is practical, too. We might want to ask a counselor or somebody <laughs> to unpack that for us. How, how, do you, how can you be angry and not sin, or the other way, how do you sin when you're angry? Well, okay, so let's let's take a look at it. For one, sometimes people get mad at a person because of what happened. Let me see if I can give you an example. I might get mad at my uncle because of what happened. Now, I'm really upset about what happened, but I took it out on him. That's going to be sin. So sin happens when we attack a person and then it escalates into words that you wish you had never said, hurtful things, and cussing and that sort of thing. So that's one. There's a tool that we have taught at Heritage for a long time is separating the sin from the sinner. We talk about what happened and how I feel, I statements about how I feel about what happened is a much different picture than going after the person who hurt you and hurting them. So, and sometimes when I've unpacked that with people before, they basically said, I wanted that individual to know how I felt and how hurt I felt. Mm-hmm. So I attacked them verbally. Well, you know, what does that do to the person? What's that do to the relationship? It's okay that you talk about how you feel, but why don't we find a way that's not going to end up in distance and disconnection and sin. I I think it's very possible. Hmm. What I'm hearing you say here, Tom, is to separate the event that created the anger from the person that might be associated with the event. That's right. I've heard it said before. It's like we take that event and and we set it out on the table where we can look at it and talk about it and not the person that, that created it. Okay. Let me play devil's advocate with you. All good. <laughs> Here's your. We haven't gone down a rabbit hole in a while. Tom, That's true. Yeah. And it, this one's going to be a little bit heavy. A girl is sexually assaulted. 
Right. How do you separate the absolute total anger that should be directed at the man that did that from mm-hmm. the act? Well, you're certainly right. That is a heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> but we should go there. For one, I, I think it's it may be very difficult not to. The sexual assault in the person, because it's often a matter of control. It's a matter of uh, power. And so to have anger against the person is, is really really very real. So treatment, working through it, then eventually you might raise a point where you're hurt by what happened and for the one who is violated to move across the continuum from victim to survivor is a process over time and sometimes years. But what's important is as they become a survivor, then they can really focus on what they want in life and how Are they going to allow this abuse or this event or trauma to continue to be a theme through their lives? So, you know, there's when they make those kind of decisions, they also can decide maybe to forgive the perpetrator. That's right. I wondered if we might go there to to move from the anger of the act to forgiving. Yes. But you're right. But that's something, as you said, could take years to do. And so... That doesn't mean if if you're listening out there and you are in those circumstances that you're necessarily going to invite the perpetrator over for dinner. That's probably no. Yeah. And we're certainly not advocating that for sure. There may be restraining orders in prison time that's preventing it anyway. Right, right. This is for your benefit, the the victim's benefit to forgive, so that it doesn't continue to haunt them and. Believe it or not, it could actually cause illness, physical illness, if we continue to not forgive our systems eventually going to let us know that's not a good decision. I, I can give you a very practical, now that I sit here and think about it, way of how that worked. Okay. I've been robbed at gunpoint twice. Wow. And after <clears throat> the first one, well, after them both because they were within five weeks, I was having nightmares. Mm-hmm. of the of those robberies and how they went down and then when i finally just was at the end of myself one night when i couldn't sleep after one of those nightmares and i made a physical i may have gone downstairs to get be away from sherry when i did it but i just decided that i was going to forgive them okay when i got to that point that i could and this was several weeks later the nightmare stopped because it released that inner energy that was going on that was creating the nightmares yeah now it doesn't mean that i stopped looking for danger while i was working because it was while i was managing a a fast food place you know it made me more aware you know i didn't stop watching more and being more aware of my surroundings and who was in my restaurant right but i wasn't i wasn't having the nightmares i wasn't seeing a gun around every corner you know, whereas before that, that up to that point, I was. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So enough of my past. That's not what we're yeah. here for. Moving mm-hmm. on uh, to the in the five biblical tools to help with anger during the holidays. Use discretion with your anger. Now, Tom, if I'm mad, the last thing I'm going to do is say, oh, "Let's see." <laughs> I'm not, I, you, and that's the problem with anger is you don't think. Right. It's a reaction to it. So when we talk about using discretion, it's important to pray about our anger, not in the moment, but when it's not happening. That's when the most production can take place. Let me illustrate it this way. We have a tool also that's taught at Heritage. 
is called Issues and Events. The worst time to talk about an issue is when it's happening as an event before your very eyes. A great example, the worst time to talk about being late to church <laughs> is when you're already 15 minutes late and still in the car. That's right. It's probably not going to go very well. The likelihood it's going to come out sideways is pretty exactly pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the worst time to tell your wife is that you don't like meatloaf is when she's putting it down in front of you. The likelihood is... You're wearing it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Or you may be turned into meatloaf. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, one or the other. Uh-huh. So Solomon wrote, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression in Proverbs 19. And I think the work has to be done, so to connect those dots, that work has to be done before you're in the middle of an incident. If you've worked on who and what you are in Christ, and the, the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us is his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, in faithfulness and three others I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But they should be evident in us. If we're doing that work, then we're prepared when the holidays come and and Aunt B's ready to throw the eggnog at you. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're telling me is that at the family Christmas party, and uh, Aunt B says the one thing that just sets you off mm-hmm. is that you are spiritually prepared going in so that you can then separate yourself from it right? and Aunt B right? so that the eggnog doesn't go flying. And, and then several of your uncles who were prepared for this to go <laughs> off are like, well, who, who is he and what happened to him? He didn't go off. You know, they, they see a difference. And you know what that can lead to? What's that? You can tell them about Jesus and the peace that he's given you. Hallelujah. And now you, yeah. can, you can turn what it could have been something the enemy wanted to use to destroy your testimony into a time for your testimony. Amen. Wow. That, that's really good. Hey, good. we got we got to write that down somewhere. How often? I mean, come on. Yeah. What am I doing this for? It's your show. What are we? <laughs> <laughs> You're All doing right. great. Next one, prepare your heart. So finally, Paul told the Christians in Ephesus, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind to one another. Uh, this, this is where I think it's is so important. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Of our own strength, we're to forgive others. There are people that would say, wow, that's really tough. Yeah. You're asking me to what? After what he did to me? Yeah. We're running on our own strength when we're, we can't do it. Right. Of our own strength, we can't. And that's the bottom line is we have to let God, we have to let the Holy Spirit, not ourselves. Sometimes it, it's very helpful to me when I think about forgiving someone and I think about Jesus on the cross and how he said, Father, forgive them. Somehow what I'm going through, I'm pretty sure Scott doesn't measure up to what he went through. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And he knew what was coming. Right. Uh Uh-huh. You know. All right. So our last one of our five biblical tools to help with anger during the holidays. Oh, boy. We got through five. I mean, look at us. That's right. We're going to make it through this show. We're going to get through these. We didn't turn it into two weeks. Be proactive in planning 
the gathering. Now, this is, you know, we're in December. New Year's is coming. Right. Christmas Eve stuff's coming. Yeah, be proactive about what's going on. For most certainly. It is important to plan ahead and use wisdom. Solomon writes, the prudence sees danger and hides himself. They don't invite MB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I Well, and that might be one solution is you don't invite MB. Well, yeah, it could be. Could be. But the simple go on and they suffer for it. So maybe for one, I think we've talked about this in previous shows, is maybe you have some topics of conversation that you want to see happen at the uh, dinner table on Christmas. Maybe that guides the conversation, but that's being proactive. We think through what would be good topics that we could talk about. And you know, it could be a favorite Thanksgiving memory. Favorite Christmas memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite Christmas present from when you were a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. all that all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we we something we have indeed talked about before is the idea of don't just let the conversation happen direct the conversation the proactive part is where you say okay i'm glad you're all here merry christmas tonight while we're having our eggnog and our ham you know let's let's talk about this right yeah you know and you might even have to say we're not going to talk about that exactly let's talk about this like when i get together with my sister we cannot talk politics for sure you know we're as opposite as night is from day Uh so when we're at certain situations i don't talk about it but if i'm alone with her i might ask her Uh what are you thinking lassie (laughs) but anyway (laughs) that's right (laughs) but anyway yeah yeah just be proactive i mean i like that idea of being proactive don't just let the disaster happen you can do something ahead of time to prevent it yeah let's prevent the disaster from happening and that's, that's very true so we begin to think about those things. And I've actually seen in some of our home group potlucks where people have brought in maybe icebreaker kind of questions. Oh, yeah. And and that may not be out in left field either. You might want to think about that. And if that's something you're interested in, if you were to Google icebreakers on the Internet, you'd probably come up with several million. Oh, absolutely. And even if you have party games at home, you know, you pull out an, an apples to apples or taboo or some of these other games, and you just say, "Okay, Aunt B, <laughs> you need to get everybody to say this word without saying these words." Yeah, and let yeah. and let that, and then you start getting stories. You start getting input. You know, maybe yeah. that's a way to do those icebreakers too. That's true. Can you imagine how many emails we're going to get from Aunt B? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay, nah, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, we might get some thankful emails, too, from her her family. Your family may just be grateful for these. One last thing we want to cover here, Tom, before we wrap up today, and this goes along the idea of the prevention of being in these situations. And if I remember right, you said it involves gratitude. That's true. And so when we look at gratitude, Scott, the research is pretty clear about how you are, are going to be different. The more gratitude you show, your heart, your physical heart, your your emotional heart are all going to be different. And so if you're going into a holiday reunion, you've really been thankful for so many things. You're going to present a heart to your relationships there that's going to be different. And you know what? That might not be a bad topic about it's a pretty normal one, I think, at Thanksgiving. What are we thankful for? But let's just not give it lip service. Let's really realize and think about how you feel about how many things we can be grateful and thankful for. 
So that puts us, it counterbalances the anger. It's, it's like anger prevention, that a, a thankful heart is going to be less likely to go off and throw the eggnog <laughs> <laughs> than if you don't. Tom, we're at a point in the show where we always let people know how to reach you to start a conversation. Yeah. And maybe the eggnog has already flown. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe there's a situation that somebody would like to maybe get out in front of before the eggnog flies. Right. Um, starting a conversation can be helpful even now at this point before Christmas. How can they get a hold of you to chat? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. We wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. Yes. 